Shivani, thank you for joining me today. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk to you. Um, we just talked a little bit off recording about all the amazing things you were doing and the company you have created. So I'm excited to dive into all of that. Um, but first of all, just a little bit of introduction of yourself. Who are you? So my name is Dr. Shivani Gupta. I'm an Ayurvedic practitioner. I am a social entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur who created an entire supplement company around the Ayurvedic herbs and spices that can help us truly live with vibrant health and reducing inflammation and, um, and living the most pain-free, healthy life possible. That's beautiful for sure. Now, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have heard about Ayurvedic uh, medicine, but aren't really familiar with what it is. So give us a little bit of a brief description of what, what Ayurvedic is. Sure. So Ayurveda is an ancient system of medicine from India that's over 5,000 years old. And within that system, it encompasses detoxification, nutrition, how we eat, what we eat. Yoga is a sister science to Ayurveda. So yoga really encompasses the philosophy of what Ayurveda is trying to teach us as well. Um, it encompasses kind of a, an entire lifestyle. It's a way of life. It encompasses Ayurvedic self-care. So it's really a full system of medicine. And here in the West, I like to teach the lifestyle pieces of it that are truly preventive that we can use to really invest in our health daily, invest in our longevity, invest in our well-being, and that kind of thing. Why is... I, I want to say it's more beneficial, but I, I personally think it probably is more beneficial. Why are doing things the more, this more natural way rather than, you know, going to the physician, getting medications or, you know, all these just like supplements you might find at the store. Um, why is doing things more of the, um, the way that you've been trained more effective? Well, you know, if we look at history, we're humans, we're, you know, just like the animals out there, we were born to live within nature, amongst nature, utilizing nature's tools. And so a big piece of the Ayurvedic philosophy is really showing us that if we go back to nature and live according to circadian rhythm, according to circadian clock, nature's clock, if we learn to go back to sleeping according to what nature does, like darkness and light. If we learn to eat more plant-based foods and natural foods that come straight from the earth that are fresh and organic and clean. If we just go back to living the way that we as humans have lived for eons and millennia, that is a return to vibrant health or good health or strength, um, good immunity and all those things. The problem is we've taken such a departure. We've just taken this departure where we want modern, we want convenient industrialization marketed to us that, you know, this modern life is the best. Um, but really our bodies are rebelling against that. And that's what I'm seeing is every client is coming to me now, you know, tough autoimmune symptoms, a lot of inflammation, a lot of pain, lymphatic congestion in the body. And this is all a symptom of living this modern lifestyle. And so my goal is to show everyone we can make little changes that over time accumulate and compound to giving us such good health that you're able to have a toolbox constantly that you reach for. And when you have that toolbox, you can reach for a certain tea. You can reach for a certain supplement. You can reach for certain things that'll constantly help you calibrate to vibrant health. So, yeah. 
what are so thinking of like the the modern convenient life that we live that causes all these issues what what's happening internally in our system i know you you focus a lot on gut health but what is happening internally to cause this inflammation to cause this pain this fatigue all this stuff that we start feeling good question someone asked me the other day like do i have to take turmeric and pills and supplements forever when it comes to inflammation And I said, you know, in an ideal world, if we slept well, we would clear inflammation overnight. If we slept according to our circadian clock and got really good, high quality, deep sleep. Um, If we didn't have so much stress. So the problem with our modern daytime, I don't know if you're on social media much, I do spend a decent amount of time on Facebook and Instagram. I'm on there to enjoy myself, but inevitably the news, the 24 hour news cycle, what's happening around the world, horrible things that happen to people, all of that kind of comes at you and your body goes into fight or flight. So you read about this negative thing or that negative thing. And all of a sudden you're in full stress mode when there's no tiger chasing you. It's just, you read it and you're experiencing that as true stress. Um, and so the stressors of life and, and truly we're, you know, we just got through a pandemic. So there's definitely stressors. Then there's environmental toxins. So talk about something you can't really control water quality, air quality, uh, sometimes food quality, access to foods, um, metals, heavy metals, molds, allergens, all of these things can cause reactions in the system. And when the body doesn't know what to do with something foreign, it, it really reacts with inflammation to go deal with the issue at hand. Then you've got the diet that we eat. So the standard American diet, which people call the sad diet is full of inflammatory foods. I'm raising elementary school kids and every day I'm like, you know, you guys, if you just listen to me, you would not eat ice cream and chips and all the things. These are horrible. You know, our omega six, omega three ratio in our own body is an indication of inflammation, our consumption of processed foods, uh, fried foods, foods that are produced in restaurants and outside of our homes, as opposed to healthy, fresh ones produced inside our homes. These things make a huge difference when it comes to inflammation. Um, so stress, mental stress, emotional stress, sleep, environmental issues and toxins that affect us that make our bodies react diet are some of the big ones for sure. Okay. You know, a lot of those that you named are somewhat out of our control as far as like, we can't control the air quality that we're breathing on a daily basis or the whatever's if there's mold or toxins or whatever that we're breathing in, in our workplace. Um, but you know, we can control how much we're on social media, or we can control the fact that like, just don't watch the news at night and all that. Um, we can also really control sleep. Um, and I know a lot of people struggle like, well, I can't get more than this amount because like my kids have sports until 10 and then, you know, all these things, but what can we do from a like quality of sleep standpoint to get us into like better, deeper sleep, um, in that restorative phase? That's a good question. So I'm pretty obsessed with sleep. Um, a couple of years ago, I made a series of videos about sleep from the Ayurvedic perspective. And when I did, I started practicing everything I taught in that video series. It was like a one month series and my whole life changed. Like I started getting profound, amazing sleep. 
And I've never gone back since then. Um, and so what I like to teach people is look, the circadian clock, nature's clock is a big concept out of Ayurveda. And we love teaching it because we want people to wake up with the sun. We want you to have your biggest meal at lunchtime. We want you to manage your day according to something called your dosha or your mind body constitution, which we can jump into next as a topic. And then when it comes to sleep, we really want you to honor sleep, like honor sleep as its own healthy habit, honor sleep as its own um, piece of your day that's meant to be regarded and prepared for, just like you would get dressed for your work day. Like your work day is an eight hour period, most likely. Just like that, can you prepare and get ready for bedtime in the same way? And so I like to show people that if you really um, look at it, when you have young kids, a lot of times people have a whole bedtime ritual when it comes to bedtime, right? Like when you have little ones, they say, you know, it's 8 p.m. or 7 p.m. If you're one of those early ones, um, my kids sleep too late. So, you know, like if you can do play the bedtime music, turn the lights down, do a massage, give them the bath, pajamas, you know, like it's a ritual. And so if you can invite sacred rituals into your own bedtime to indicate to your own mind that, okay, we're angling towards bedtime by 10 o'clock or 9.50, whenever it is for you, when you hit that pillow to try to sleep by 10, what are all the series of steps you're doing to get you there to fall into a deeper night's sleep earlier so that the body from 10 to two, we teach is the best time for the body to rejuvenate and regenerate during that time, you're clearing inflammation, you're clearing the lymphatic system. I teach it like garbage trucks. I say garbage trucks, imagine are coming out into the mind, into the heart, into the digestive system and collecting all the crap so that it can go out the next morning. You need to be sleeping and getting really high quality, deep sleep states and deep sleep cycles one after another for that whole job to happen. I'm curious about, and um... I've always been curious about this. It's just, I've never asked anyone. So I understand like the circadian rhythm and they say, you know, wake up with the sun in the morning. What always, where I have the, the struggle is it's like this time of year, it's the sun comes up at 5am, which is great. Cause I'm like, I wake up at 5am. Like that's my thing. But then, you know, in the winter, it's like not until say seven, seven thirty, the sun comes up. And by that time, people are going to be late to work. So like, yeah. how do we balance that whole factor of like the different, uh, like times of year. It's a good question. Um, ideally we still match the sun ideally, but you also have to look at the practicality of your life. I kind of wish at this point, we just got rid of, uh, daylight savings. I live in Florida and it just makes no sense that half the year when the weather is the most gorgeous, it gets dark too early to go enjoy the outdoors. It just makes no sense to me. Um, we're not living on farms anymore, the majority of us. So I do think that you're gonna like most likely for us in my household, we run the year according to the school year in camps. Like that's my schedule. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's about looking at what's right for you and yeah, I mean, you can't, you're right. You can't wake up at like nine cause it's finally light out. Right. So another piece of Ayurveda is like the yogic lifestyle. And according to yoga, that 6 a.m. slot is still the most um, sattvic or calm time of day. It's like your best time to meditate, 
yoga and, and set your intentions and journal and tea and, and ease into a good day. Um, and so that time slot, that early morning is, is beautiful regardless of which, you know, at winter, summer that you're in, you know? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Awesome. So you can still utilize it and then ease into your day. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I know you said something else when you're we talking about sleep, about touching on the topic a little bit more. What was that again? Sure. So in Ayurveda, we have a concept called the doshas and your dosha is your individual mind body constitution. Um, and so most people have not heard of it, but those who have heard of it have heard of something called vata, pitta and kapha. I pronounce them vata, pitta and kapha, but those three mind body constitutions are are something that we're born with. So I'm a born pitta. Um, that's the fiery element. Um, Gaffa people are more earth and water. Vata people are more wind and air. And so it's so good when you do a dosha quiz, understand what your dosha is, and then do it again for the here and now in this moment, so many people I meet have a gaffa imbalance. And so they're feeling very heavy, very fatigued in their bodies. They, they're not able to build the momentum to do their projects or they're on the other end of the spectrum, anxious, all over the place, scattered, unable to finish something. Um, and so I like to work with my clients and say, look, how do we get you to balance, balanced in your body, but also understanding your dosha so you can leverage it, leverage all the good parts of it and balance and mitigate some of the negative aspects of it. So they don't cause um, reactions in your life that could be destructive. Like for example, fit the people when we're overheated, we're angry, we're jealous, we can explode, we can burn out kind of like volcanoes. And so it's good to know that because you can self-manage differently. Like you can say, okay, it's summer in Florida. How am I going to self-manage and keep my system cooled down so that everyone around me still loves me by the end of the season, <laughs> that kind of thing. And for the guffas, you know, it's important to know how to build the momentum and build the energy they need. So they don't fall into like that dark cloud depressed state. Is there, that's all fascinating. Is there a way that, or is there a place that we can kind of figure out like what we are? Sure. Um, on my website, I did put a free dosha quiz up. So at shivanigupta.com, you can go and it'll give you the free dosha quiz. And that's a good place to start. Cause then you'll understand, you know, what your dosha is for this current moment. And then I teach a six week program where I like to dive into it with people and show them what their dosha is how they're going to balance it using all of Ayurveda's tools. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Now switching gears a little bit. I know you did your PhD on turmeric, which is awesome. Um, I've, I'm sure you know a lot more about it than I do, but I do know the benefits of turmeric and how it can help the body. I would just love for you to share some of the insights on turmeric. Why I think it's becoming a little bit more like, aware or like people are becoming a little bit more aware of it, but may not actually know why. So I would love to know, like, what is it doing in our bodies to help with the inflammation? Sure. Good question. So, you know, a lot of people have heard that turmeric is anti-inflammatory and it is, it's a very powerful anti-inflammatory antioxidant, which over time our bodies have oxidation. So to fight that oxidation is really a great way to fight aging and the, the symptoms of aging that we don't like. Um, it is also an immune modulator. So it's antiviral, antifungal, antibacterial, which I love those aspects. 
Um, and I take it a lot as a powerful immune support. Now, what people don't realize is a lot of people are saying, okay, well, I'm going to juice my turmeric. I juice it fresh because I love everything fresh. Or they'll say, I drink my turmeric latte sometimes at night. Um, but it's funny because a lot of times people are doing a skinny latte or when they're juicing it, they're not adding black pepper or healthy fat. So out of the entire turmeric plant, only 3% of it is the curcuminoids. And out of those three curcuminoids, only one curcumin is the most effective at reducing inflammation. And we know that black pepper increases the absorption of turmeric by 2000%. So as an Indian woman, we're cooking with turmeric in my home every day. Uh, it goes in the Indian food every night. Obviously um, we use oil when we cook, so that's the fat, but we have black pepper in our spice called garam masala. And so inevitably turmeric with black pepper is going to get absorbed by the body. The problem is like we talked about inflammation is kind of being caused by so many different factors all the time in our systems. We have an overabundance of inflammation and so many people have chronic low grade persistent inflammation. And that inflammation is what's causing metabolic diseases. It's causing so many troubles in the body. So my point to everyone is if you know you have inflammation, or if you think you have inflammation, it's important to take something, but regular turmeric is not going to do the job because it would take like a mason jar of turmeric to get what you get into, you know, my supplement that I built my turmeric supplement because I wanted to build something medical grade that would just do the job. Like I needed with my family history and, and my history with my immune system and gut health, I needed to build something that would like literally reduce that inflammation and keep me healthy and strong. Otherwise I have a tendency to fall sick all the time and, and those kinds of issues. So my message to the world is turmeric is awesome. You can take it any way you want, but if you want to actually reduce inflammation, you need to take it in the potent extract form to drive that result. And so what I've been able to prove over the last six years is if you have chronic joint pain, if you have acute joint pain, if you have inflammation in the body, taking turmeric and Ayurvedic herbs for inflammation can really get that result that you're craving. Now, what's your thoughts? Cause I know like you hear different things as far as you shouldn't have to supplement for your entire life. And you'll hear other, other people that like, there are certain things to take regularly with your turmeric supplements. Is there like, you take it for a period of time until you get that inflammation under control and then cooking with it is enough for maintenance or is it, is it really something because of all the external factors, we really need something stronger. It's a good question. So, you know, look at vitamin D, for example, it's a good example. So many people are so deficient in vitamin D for decades. Now we've been talking about how D is actually a hormone. It's not a vitamin it's necessary. It controls and contributes to so many pathways in the body. Um, we just went through a pandemic where I think a lot of people saw that vitamin D is related to how our immune system is supported and not. And yet still so many of us who don't love taking our supplements every day, don't take them. And it's so funny because I have, I'll show you, I have an entire supplement box. looks like this marked up with the names of what I'm committed to taking every day. And I can tell you with all honesty, I forget to take half of them or I forget to take them every other day. And it's kind of ridiculous considering how much I love supplements that I forget, but I sympathize that it's hard to remember. But what I do is I say, what are the essential ones? What are the things I absolutely need to be taking for my body to run well? And I invite everyone to go to a functional medicine doctor, do detailed blood work and get those answers. So for me, I'm chronically D deficient, 
chronically. I have to take it as a supplement. I'm just not getting it in my current lifestyle. Even though I believe going out in nature and, and moving in nature is important. Still, I personally am not getting enough sun time. Then be complex. I'm a vegetarian. I'm chronically deficient in that. Omega-3, chronically deficient because I don't eat seafood and I don't eat omega-3 based foods. Um, so there's certain things I think we need to have the awareness of. And because those are the building blocks for our body to have a healthy endocrine system, healthy brain, healthy gut, we have to take them. Now, do I think people should have to take every single supplement out there forever? No. Um, in an ideal world, we would build the habit of eating the food that we need to get the results. So for example, with iron, I was iron deficient. So I made sure to put more spinach into my week, three times a week to get that number right up to where it needs to be. And if it falls, then again, you supplement. And so with Fusionary, when I built my turmeric gold formula, my goal was, can I give you something for the here and now to reduce that inflammation? If you're able to make the lifestyle changes and, you know, reduce that stress, we can reduce some environmental toxins. We can shift quality of water, quality of air, uh, how we store food. I do teach people a lot of detox your home methods. So we're not compounding inflammation levels that way. Um, then it's fine. And if you're making willing to make those dietary changes, I teach a lot of people, the anti-inflammatory diet. And when they do it, they're like, everything's solved now. I'm good. I'm like, perfect. Don't take my supplement. If you, if you have wanted this, I'm more than happy for you. But if you haven't, if the life that you're leading is busy and hectic, and you're just going to keep reaching for the things you're going to reach for, then yeah, this is kind of like that insurance policy. You're taking this to constantly reduce that inflammation. So you can keep doing what you're doing. Awesome. That's a great explanation. Thank you. Yeah. Now I know microbiome is another big word that's been thrown around probably the past, what, three to five years as being super important. What is the microbiome and why is it as important as it is? Good question. So Ayurveda 5,000 years ago said the key to all health, all vibrancy, every disease you want to prevent is a focus on the gut. We taught it as a digestive fire and how this fire that exists within us is complex. It needs to be kindled. It needs to be tended to. So imagine like a campfire that you build out in nature, you would use small sticks, medium sticks, big sticks. You'd have variety of how you use things to build the fire. You'd kindle it in the morning, you'd dye it down at night. So that respect and reverence for digestive fire is something we've kind of lost. We just assume we wake up, we drink our coffee, we eat what we eat, we keep going, we go to bed, we crash, it's fine. And so part of what I do is really rebuilding the reverence for what that gut health is and what that means. What's cool is modern science in these last five, 10 years has really proven that what Ayurveda said was true, which is there's an entire um, ecosystem that lives inside of us in our entire digestive tract, which really starts at the mouth and goes all the way through. And so our job is to really respect the microbiomes of the body. Our job is to understand that there's a beautiful, balanced ecosystem of healthy bacteria and bad bacteria. And, you know, the gut lining is just one cell thick. And so this love of our digestive tract is our love of our own vibrant health. And so we need to learn to take the right supplements, eat the right foods, manage our stress, invest in good sleep, support our gut health to support our immune system. And 
it's complex. It's not easy. I wish I could say, here's your one probiotic and you're a winner for life. <laughs> that would be so nice. I, I would love that solution for myself too, actually. <laughs> and so what's tough is there's no magic bullet when it comes to gut microbiome. It is a learning. It is a mindset. It is That's why I teach it over six weeks. I'm like, I need six weeks to indoctrinate this with you. And then people are like, well, what's next? I'm like, now you do that same thing again and again for the rest of your whole life on your own. I gave you the tools. Um, But I also think it takes an investment into great probiotics. I like to recommend a stool test. So you get that data, that diagnostic data on exactly what's in your gut. Um, I, as an Ayurvedic practitioner, did one last year. And I learned I had leaky gut. And I was like, what? Of all the humans who loves their gut, I still have an issue. It was very humbling. And I was like, okay, well, now that I know that, I know the couple things I need to do to fix it that I wasn't doing. So I love to recommend that so that people can then understand it, fix it, and then your job is maintain it. And if you see a blip or an issue, you do the diagnostic again a few years later, just to make sure where you're at. Is there like without, and not saying a, getting a stool test is a, is a bad idea. Cause it's obviously a great idea to do, but are there, you know, we hear about kombucha and kimchi and like all these fermented foods and probiotics and prebiotics and all these things. Are there certain, like as a general things that work better than others? Like if we were going to go buy something at the store to consume, is there something that would be more beneficial than others? Or is it really dependent on what the person's problems are? You know, if I, if I had someone who said, look, I can't do that stool test right now. This is all, you know, not affordable in this moment. What can I do that's easy and quick that works? Or what can I implement into my life that's food-based? I would recommend going to your health food, you know, grocery store, like a Sprouts or Whole Foods type place. Look for those brands of um, sauerkraut, kimchi, these kinds of fermented foods and eat a variety, make like a gut health bowl. And you'll probably, you know, that's actually why I love poke bowl places. When you go to a poke bowl place, they're going to, I'm vegetarian. So I do the rice and I do the tofu, but I'll try all the different fermented things that they give you. And I'm like, perfect. That was my investment in all variety. And so, you know, it's tough sometimes to adopt the taste of some of those foods. But if you're willing to buy one and keep trying it with different dishes till you find one that hides the taste or or goes well with the taste, um, even if you took four fermented foods over four weeks and ate them, that would be a great way to broad spectrum, keep filling the body with the good bacteria that you need. And most likely you would really benefit the system. Now, the only problem is the balance of good versus bad bacteria is a little complex. So if someone has like, candida, SIBO, some of those more serious issues, you're not going to benefit yourself enough. You'll still have your symptoms. And that's when you'd probably want to go and get more deeper testing. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I know your, you mentioned to me kind of your, your mission when you started your, um, supplement company is just to really prove to the general medical doctor that like, herbs, spices, all these healing properties in food can actually do the trick rather than taking medications. Um, so I'd love to you to kind of dive into, into some of that. Um, maybe even talk about like some of the different herbs that we can, even if it's just starting to cook with, to sure. start improving some things. 
Sure. So Ayurveda encompasses herbology in a really beautiful way. We're obsessed with super spices and super herbs. So you've heard about super foods, but Ayurveda we use in our cooking and our elixirs and in our teas, so much of what nature has given us. And that plant magic is actually so potent that when you utilize it, all of a sudden the body kind of just takes everything it needs, goes and heals what it needs to. And you're able to bring the body back to homeostasis and healthy and strong and vibrant. Um, and then on top of that, you can add supplements and, and other things that you need. But what I love is when you look at turmeric, for example, it's so potent. When you look at ashwagandha, so potent and does 20 things for the body. When you look at um, boswellia, dry ginger, even garlic, these things all have their time and place in terms of what they can do. Cilantro will reduce heavy metals from the body. You know, like there's a lot of different benefits that if you understand them and use them on a daily basis, then you're consistently getting the benefit and support of those ingredients. So, you know, if you look at Indian cooking, I don't have the box with me. I'll have to bring it to my office one day, but we have this like round box that has all the spices we use on a daily basis. So those include turmeric, red chili powder, coriander. So we take cilantro, dry it, grind it, and use that as a spice. Cumin seeds, whole cumin seeds. I have a spice called hing. Hing is spelled H-I-N-G. Um, garam masala is really a mixture of spices. It has black pepper. It has cinnamon. So if you Googled an Indian recipe, like, you know, kidney beans cooked Indian style or any of those dishes, you are going to go through and use those different spices. I actually teach Ayurvedic cooking classes too, because I want people to just understand how easy it is. I think Indian food is very daunting for most people, but I kind of break it down into like, here's the science and system and just apply it. Um, but you can cook lentils that way. You can cook vegetables that way. I tell people you can make this curry and put it on meat if you want to on chicken or fish, but the utilization of those spices creates so much benefit for the body. And so many people are trying to go vegetarian or vegan. And I tell them, look, your body's probably not made to digest the volume of beans and lentils that I eat. I'm, I'm Indian. Like we eat lentils as a primary source of our protein as vegetarians. But if that's not what you're used to, this is going to hurt. You're going to cause some gas and some bloating. So let me give you the spices to prevent it. And I tell them, look, take oil, heat it, add like a quarter teaspoon ish pinch of cumin seeds and a pinch of hing. And those spices are like pre-digesters. They pre-digest the food that you're about to eat. And so there's a lot of tips and tricks like that out of Ayurveda that make all of the foods that you eat better digested and healthier for you. I totally forgot, or maybe I never, no, I did know at one point I cook with coriander regularly and I knew it was beneficial. I totally forgot that it was cilantro. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's cilantro. Yeah. And so there's so many things like that, that we forget to use the fresh version. Fresh is still great. We garnish all our Indian foods with fresh cilantro as well. Um, and it's taken me years, but we now fresh grind the spices in my home monthly so that the property of it is right there, fresh and ready for the body to utilize. And so imagine so many people buy spices I'm a culprit of it. I used to buy spices and my whole cabinet would be like 10 year old spices or five year old spices that I didn't get through. And we have to remember these are foods, they're superfoods. And how can we build the habit of utilizing them? 
even turmeric with black pepper. So many people tell me I'm using turmeric, but not with black pepper or any fat. I'm like, you guys, you're not benefiting from it. So I just want everyone to realize that we have so much more access in our own kitchen. Um, I call it the mindful medicine chest. How can we use a mindful medicine chest in our home as our farm, F-A-R-M, full of spices and foods and really build vibrant health from the ground up? Um, now you mentioned cumin seeds and specifically said seeds. What's the difference between, or like, what's the benefit to seeds versus getting the ground cumin? Good question. So once you kind of crush it into a powder, it's going to, all of it is kind of touching the air. You know what I mean? Like it's all, once you open that, you're going to lose its freshness, its smell, it's kind of benefits more quickly in the seed form. We use the seed form when we're cooking. When you heat that seed, the cumin seeds, you release the aroma, you release the benefits right then. And then it's going into your food right then. So it's a way to kind of access it differently. Now it's, it, that's different than, uh, for example, coriander comes in a seed. When I buy it from the Indian grocery store in these huge bags, it's in a seed form. I can't use a coriander seed. It's too hard. That has to be ground in the blender to utilize. So, so like I, with all, I shouldn't say all, but majority of health foods or spices and herbs and different things, like there's so many intricacies yeah. Um, and then I just found out recently on a, someone, a podcast, I think it's going to be like two or three prior to this FYI people, um, that if you like flaxseed, you should ground right before you eat it. Cause if it yes. sits, then you lose some of the omega threes. I'm just like, exactly. fascinating. <laughs> yeah. And it should be in a light and not a container that sees light. So okay. my problem with flax seeds is you not only have to grind them, you have to like line that box or Tupperware with paper towel and you have to refrigerate it. I'm like, that is very high maintenance. <laughs> this is a lot of what's going on. Yeah. So I don't use flax seeds. I use hemp seeds. I'm like, I just need it to sit in a bag inert on my shelf at my office. I can throw it on some salad and eat it. Right. So, so yes, yeah, so I think that's probably why some people feel like Indian food is so complex because we are grinding our spices monthly. We're keeping them in a holder, you know? Um, but I do train everyone that look, these are super spices. They're so beneficial they each have their benefits. So I want you to learn to cook it at least on a weekly basis if mm -hmm. possible. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so like, okay, so I do the lazy person way of buying the spices at the store, but you know, it's so easy. Like once you have them just to be able to cook with them, um, exactly. you know, turmeric, black pepper, and oil go on pretty much every single one of my vegetables. Turmeric sure. goes in my quinoa and my rice. Nice. Like, I cook, um, like, and it's just so easy to you know, cook with those things. Yeah. And I think it's important just to have them around and start to play with them. I don't think we have to be complex about it. Uh, most of my spices I do buy at the store and I put them in that holder. So it's not like we're fresh grinding and making everything complex. Just my coriander we grind and, um, and that's it. I mean, you can grind red chili powder. You can make your own gutta masala, but you don't have to be that complex. Even ghee, most Indian households cook ghee. I buy my ghee ready. So if you buy these foods, there's so many great brands that make them. Mm -hmm. Just start to play with them and utilize them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Before we finish up, anything that we have not talked about that you feel would be really beneficial for the listeners to hear? Well, we talked about from Ayurveda's perspective, food, eating spices. We talked about sleep. 
talked about gut health and the microbiome and the digestive fire. Um, there's a lot of things I do teach around igniting the digestive fire in the morning. So you have that metabolism revving and supporting you throughout the day. Um, the only thing we didn't mention was self-care. So I teach a lot around Ayurvedic self-care and the five to 10 rituals you can use throughout your day every day that gently detox the body, that really bring our system back into our parasympathetic nervous system, as opposed to always being in our sympathetic and fight or flight. Um, and so I really teach people to use tea time is me time, like tea is my, my favorite health self-care act, but I teach people to use tea time as a moment to really check in with yourself, check in with how you feel, um, check in if it's time to take your supplements or, or do something that's good for you and really anchoring self-care acts throughout the day to check in with yourself, building that self-awareness around your own health and well-being. I love that. That's so that's awesome. It's a great reminder, just those little check-ins throughout the day. Yeah. Cause otherwise you can just keep going and going and yeah. going and going. And then by the end of the day, you're starving, exhausted. You haven't done anything good for yourself. And so my job is really to remind everyone, focus on health, focus on vibrant health and use these tools and these anchor points throughout your day as your opportunity to check in. Cause if you ask yourself, what do I need right now? Your body will give you an answer. Mine usually says I need water. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I forget to drink water all day. Or did you take your turmeric is a question I asked. No, I didn't. So, you know, it, it builds that cadence of self-care rituals that can really create an entirely different life experience. I find. Awesome. Yeah. Now I know you mentioned your website earlier for, um, but I also know you're on social media. So if someone has more questions, just really curious about what you're doing or wants to look at that dosha quiz, like where can they find you or get more information? Sure. Um, so my websites are fusionaryformulas.com, F-U-S-I-O-N-A-R-Y formulas and shivanigupta.com. And then on social, I'm at Gupta on Instagram and Facebook and fusionary formulas on both as well. And then I have a website for my six-week program. That one's fusionarymethod.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. This is really informative. Thank you. Thanks for having me.